started. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler season with us. New cards. Welcome to Spoiler Season Dominaria episode three. Three. three uh, thank you three. to our sponsors, New England Comics. You can find online at NEC Coolidge on Facebook and to Flipside Gaming. You can find it at flipsidegaming.com. Dot com. So today, uh, last time, so kind of lay out what, where we've been and where we're going. Uh, on episode one, we did some of the big uh, monocolor legend cycles. Uh, we did the mythic monocolor, or is it, are they mythics? Yeah, most of them are mythics. One of them wasn't. Uh, oh, we did the, yeah, we did the mythic ones, and then we did the legendary sorceries. Last time, we did the triple pip cycle, and we did the sagas. Um, what we're going to do this time is we're going to do some monocolored legends. How does that sound? It sounds legendary. Oh, oh dang. Yeah. We're going to start out with one that I know you are a fan of. And it was actually just spoiled, I think, yesterday. Oh, yeah. So um, this is, how do you say their name? I think Marwin. Marwin, the nurturer. Green 2 for a 1-1 elf druid. Legendary mm. elf druid. Now, I know you're thinking, 3 mana for a 1-1. Why would I do that? Well, let's see. I wouldn't. Well, let's see what, what she's got going on. Okay. Whenever another elf enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Marwyn. You can tap her to add an amount of green mana equal to her power. Yeah. Yeah. What do you so think? she's kind of a really funky mana dork. Hmm. Super funky. And she's not quite an elf lord because she doesn't pump other elves, but she gets larger with every elf that you play. And in elf decks, you go wide. Yeah. So she could get pretty big pretty quickly. Here is my issue with Marwyn and why I think she's unplayable is because... Unplayable under all circumstances? Almost. Uh, I th- Like, you probably play her in a standard elf deck, but you uh, even there, like, I don't think she's great. Uh, well... I take that back. I think she's good if you have, as long as you have an, a critical mass of one mana mana dorks, and you can play her on turn two. Because mm. here's why. So if we're, if we're looking at, like, modern as, like, kind of the archetypical elf deck, uh, this card is way too slow. Like, compare it to humans, right? Humans has this effect whenever a human enters the battlefield, put a plus one strong counter on it. On two cards, it has Champion of the Parish, which is one mana, and it has Thalia's Lieutenant, which is two mana, but pumps the rest of the things out so the issue is that like you want to do this really early but marwin is three mana so therefore you can't do this like you have already played all of your elves by this point so like it's just too slow um whereas champion like you can play on turn one and lieutenant you can play at any time and it will always be great uh so that's why i don't think marwin is great i think in standard you can go like turn one elves turn two marwin and then like play out the rest of your hand and that's fine because you're it's a slower format and your deck is going to be slower but in um modern it's also competing with things like elvish archdruid which is it, like just better than marwin so oh yeah she doesn't seem like she has a chance in modern no but yeah i mean if you played turn one dork turn two this turn three you play one of the creature she can tap for two mana you play another two mana creature so, like she definitely helps you like in standard could help you to spew everything out it's just like we don't have enough elves right now like oh no if you think back it. to the last elf deck we have a shaman of shaman the pack, of the pack. <laughs> yes right you had uh you had that eight you had like two different one mana dorks right you had the black one that made green yes and, and there was did the you green have one. elvish mystic too yeah uh yeah i think so 
There were two mana dorks. For yeah, sure. you had Elvish Mystic because that was Mono Green Devotion. And then there was, I think, a three drop that made a 2 2 and a 1 1. Well, Dwinin's Elite was two mana yeah, yeah. and makes, uh, yeah, makes, makes uh, a 1 1. That's he's played modern. That's very good. You had Visionary. You had a lot of the, a couple yeah, of the visionary. modern cards actually in the deck. Um, but yeah, you had just critical mass of elves and you had Shaman as like a finisher. And mm-hmm. right now we don't have anything like that. Any of those. Could change. You know, change. maybe the next set will have mono colored because we're seeing all these mono well, cards yeah, and it will have elves. Very mono colored and it's. Elf oriented. Well, yeah, because that one elf that we were talking about earlier uh, yesterday, the five four for green green green. Yep. That that's a stomp a stomp. But it's not an but elf I'd rather... card. Yeah, but it, it is play. technically an elf. But it doesn't do anything the elf deck wants to do. Yeah, that's true. But if there are more cards that care about elf type, it mm. will do that and be an above curve creature. I guess. I mean, like. In an elf deck, you want your elves to make more elves and to, like, make you mana and make you go and wide so you cards. can combo kill them. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's usually... It and like doesn't serve the strategy. Yeah, it's just awkward. But, who knows? Yeah. Um, next card we have is Shalai, Voice of Plenty. Oh my gosh, I definitely put an extra L, so I was like, Shalai. Shalele. I'm going to start calling it that. We got Shalele here, Voice of Plenty. This is white three uh, for a three four legendary angel. It has flying, as angels tend to do. Yep. And you, planeswalkers you control, and other creatures you control, have hexproof. You. And uh, green, green, four, put a plus plus one counter on each creature you control. Uh, So first in limited, cards a powerhouse. Oh, yeah. A four mana, three, four flyer is fantastic. And with only one pip of white, great. Then it gives stuff hexproof, and also oh. if you untap, you get to like repeatedly pump your board. Like that's incredible, and this card is so good, and it's a rare, not a mythic, so like you can expect to see it. So in limited, super super strong. I picked this very highly. In constructed, yeah, tell us about that. In constructed, uh, the card is also good. Um, the cool thing about this is in modern, it's four mana, which is not too expensive for green white value decks. Okay. And this, so we've seen Lantern, right? One of the cards that put Lantern over the top was uh, War of Invention because it lets it tutor for anything. Yes. Um, and it let it run uh, Witchbane Orb in the main so you could war for Witchbane to give yourself Hexproof from like burn decks. And Shalai, now you can do that trick with Cord. But it's better, like it doesn't just give you Hexproof, it gives like everything, right? You go Cord for Shalai uh, and you get to just put this into play and like, protect yourself from burn, counter a removal spell, like, yeah, but it's pretty Shalai sweet. Yeah, is killable. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You They kill something and you respond by putting Shalai into play. And then the thing has Hexproof and you counter it. Okay. Um, and then, like, then before they kill anything else, they have to kill Shalai, right? It's the same problem if, like, Merfolk has with Kira, right? Where, like, you're like, oh, I have to, usually yeah. I have to kill Kira before anything else. Right, or decks have with, like, a uh, selfless spirit. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, and it's also a three, it's like hard because white three, three, four flying is the exact stats of resto. So like, you're like, oh, resto is super playable. And like automatically like you're, um, I, I feel like I might be biased toward thinking this is playable because it has the same stats as resto and resto is so good, but it's very different. It doesn't blink something. It does, however, have a very strong ability. So maybe this is a one of in the main, uh, as a core target, maybe you put it in the sideboard, um, I'm not sure. I don't play green-white value town decks ever, um, but it seems like a thing you could do in modern. 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems most interesting as a chord target because getting this in instant speed, like you said, is going to blank a spell. Mm-hmm. Whereas playing at sorcery speed is. And a if you untap, honestly, if you untap, like this is like extra townships, Gavney townships. Like you're going to be yeah. able to use the ability if you untap with it because you have dorks. Uh, and like if you can cord for four, that means you have like seven quote unquote mana among your board and your lands and like you should be able to to pay for the thing so it's like a nice upside to have as well um so that's modern in standard uh it's it's tricky because we don't have good white decks (laughs) right now we have grixis colored decks right i mean we have approach but that would never play anything like this. right uh grixis i should say grixis and like red green uh, white has like really fallen out of favor, especially white creatures. Yeah. Uh, like there's Godfarer's yeah, Gift. Yeah. Are there any white deck. creatures? Oh, sure. Um, and that has Angel of Invention and. Yeah. So it it's kind of you know there's this ebb and flow because like what was it Shadows days where like every single deck had white so you could run Archangel Avicen and Declaration in Stone, mm-hmm. but right now like we go through the metagame, right? Blue black mid range, blue black mid range, Sultite energy, mono red aggro, Grixis energy, blue black control, blue white gift, which is not truly a white deck; it's a combo deck. Black red aggro, red green monsters, and then we get to white black vampires and white approach, um, and like those are your white decks. Uh, right. I don't think vampires wants this. I don't think no. white like neither of them fit. So what this, this card in standard wants to be in a white. Probably green creature, uh, creature mid-range shell. Yeah, like yeah. if you could play this in like the old green-white tokens uh, with like yeah. Gideon and Nyssa, you'd be pretty happy about that. Um, but we currently don't have that deck. Okay, right. interesting. But it could emerge because we also have the new Baneslayer Angel, which pumps angels as well. So like we're getting this some... This is an angel. It's an angel, yeah. yeah. So we're getting some like reasonable mid-range creatures. Uh, and it's just going to be a question of like whether we can support it sufficiently um, and whether like we can kind of figure out what to do in the first couple of turns in the game before we can start uh, playing angels. But um, it is nice. Like, it, you know, it protects your planeswalkers from contempt. Uh, they have to kill this before uh, they can contempt anything. Like That is nice. I find yeah. it so annoying when someone contempts a planeswalker because yep. I'm like, that's expensive planeswalker. And all I got was, you know, I don't yeah. know, one ticket. Uh, but this card does jump out at me as, like, having as being, like, strong and, like, playable in, in multiple formats. Limited, it's a slam dunk. Modern, I think it could see niche play. And standard, if the deck emerges, it's one of those cards where, like, if it has a deck, it'll see play. If it doesn't, it won't. Yep. So. Okay. That's Shalai, or Shalele, as uh, <laughs> you like to call it. Uh, next we have Zahid, Jin of the Lamp. Ooh. Blue, blue, four for a 5-6 legendary Jin creature. Hmm. You may pay blue three and tap an untapped artifact you control rather than paying this spell's mana cost. And it has flying. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So it could be four and tap an artifact instead of six mm-hmm. for a five six flying. To me, uh, I feel like I might be interested in playing this in Grixis Improvise as like a two of, one to two of. Um, it lets you like play a really large flying threat. Uh, in addition to Herald of Anguish, yeah. right? Because this is basically like super improvised, <laughs> kind of like all right. yeah, not super. It's like better and worse depending on the scenario. But like, uh, also, it really bothers me that flying is below that ability. Yeah, they always put flying, flying on top of the first. card. 
So I don't but know it's what, because the ability is like paying for it's an alternate cost. casting cost. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's still not, like visually jarring, weird. even though I understand it. It does make sense. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Oh yeah, also this is the first set where we've had a a line separating the text from the flavor text. Well, they used to do it. Oh, they did in like old sets, and it looked horrible. Oh. They had a bold, dark, like black line. Ah. It's much more subtle here, and it looks fine. Yeah, so, good job wizards uh but yeah i think that like the only deck that i can think of that wants this is grixis improvise it's like not a major player at all but like no. um if it's... you get enough few pieces like the deck is like easily close to being yeah playable and like yeah, i knew a guy who uh played it last season to like multiple pptq top eights and did very well with it so like uh, i have to get his take it's on the card yeah, but, yeah. Um, and in limited obviously flyers are good and this is huge so. yeah i mean this is what's uh, mahamoni jin uh it was blue blue four for a five six line like that is this is mahamoni jin with upside yep. so uh i would absolutely play unlimited five six flyer is very strong very strong cool next up kazarov mm-hmm. oh there's so many words <laughs> Senger. Senger. pure blood Senger, yeah what is Sangir? That's not a real word. It's a, a like a bloodline in Dominaria. Okay. Like that you've heard of those oh, like sure. Sangir vampire a... and like there's a couple of Sangir cards. Sangir right. pure blood. Or I think so one. Kazarov is a pure blood mm. of the Sangir line. Mm. Yes. Um, anywho, black black five four four legendary vampire creature has flying. I always like that on vampires. I think it just makes sense. Yeah, um, they turned to bats. Like, come on. <laughs> So whatever creature an opponent controls is dealt damage, put a plus one plus one counter on Kazarov. And you can pay red three. Kazarov deals two damage to target creature. Um Wow. Card is fantastic and limited. Like it's expensive. Seven mana is a lot. But yeah. like a four four plot fire is good. And then usually vampires get counters, plus one counters when they kill something. This is way better. This is like Whenever something's dealt damage, it gets bigger, and it can deal damage to things itself. So, like, it's like a very weak version of Olivia Valderin. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a very weak limited version, I should say. Not, like, constructive label, but limited version of Olivia Valderin. Because it's a great mana sink as well. Where in the late game, you get to go, like, okay, play a 4-4, untap, shoot a couple things, get this bigger attack with my guys. You're probably forced to block. It, like, gets a little bit bigger, um... So it's it's great, and this card does combo well with uh, uh, the bad board wipe sleeper we had earlier. Yeah, the three mana saga that, that deals one, one damage to each non flyer because yeah. each one of those damage will put a counter on this. Yeah, so, so boom on combo. turn eight, you mm-hmm. can pay th- play a three mana, ping everything because <laughs> yeah. that seems worthwhile. Absolutely. Um, so just. Because I'm sure everyone understands this, yeah. but I just want to double check for the um, whenever creatures dealt. Uh, an opponent controls is dealt damage in combat if they block with multiple creatures there's still only one instance of damage dealt or well how many counters do you get um because so what the, the way the card reads right whenever a creature an opponent controls is dealt damage not whenever kazarov is dealt damage if it was whenever kazarov is dealt damage it would only happen once for multiple blockers but because it's uh whenever an opposing creature there are three separate creatures that are each being dealt damage um, so it would get three counters, uh, because it, tri- it's going to trigger three times. 
um, as long as it lives. If it's being triple blocked, sure, there's a sure, sure. good chance it might not live. But um, it, yeah, so you'd get three counters uh, cool. as opposed to, I forget what it was, the last thing, in the last set or something. But yeah, so cool card for limited. Very strong, I think, very strong. Nice. Next, we have Varix Bladewing. Uh, this also has a bit of a neat history to it with... Uh, oh. The Blade Wing uh, line of dragons. Uh, we've had a couple of Blade Wings throughout Dominaria's history. They all have like, there's like Rorics. They all have. They all end in like it's like consonant vowel, consonant vowel X. Oh, that's cool. Rorik's Blade Wing, and I can't think of any Something others. Something else. But, yeah. Blade Wing. Uh, so this is red, red two for a legendary creature. It's a dragon. It's a four four. It has Kicker 3. So Kicker is the first creature we're seeing this on in the set that we've talked about. You may pay an additional 3 as you cast this spell. It has Flying. And when Varix Bladewing enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, create Karox Bladewing. <laughs> a legendary 4-4 red dragon creature token with Flying. That's so cool. It is cool. Um, this is a mythic. I love Kicker as a mechanic. Yeah. Uh, I, kicker is good. Uh, it, the problem with it as a mechanic is that it's so broad that... When they print every any other mechanic that's a subset of it, people complain that like, why not just use Kicker, right? Like, uh, Escalate um, is an example of like you could have just done Kicker, uh, kind of like there's a lot of mechanics yeah, that are kind yeah, of yeah. but um, it is a kind of a iconic one of the like first kind of original mechanics. So it's it's nice to see it come back. Um, this card looks like it's the pushed Red Dragon of the set. Uh, we tend to get about one a set. Uh, four mana, four four is a fine rate. Uh, the fact four that four mana, four four flying is a good rate. Oh, in limited, fantastic. In standard, it's fine. fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the fact that it has the flexibility of kicking is great. The issue with it is that it's legendary, uh, because mm -hmm. like, you know, if you're like Thunderbreak Regent, right? It was a four mana, four four. You tip it, you could have multiple Thunderbreaks and be okay. It's just so awkward because if you play Varix and let's say you kick it and you get the token, they kill one, they kill Varix, and then you play a second Varix, you you just have to sack your token because it's legendary. Oh, the tokens are legendary yeah. too? That's a bummer. So like for the deck that, the kind of deck that would play these push dragons tends to want four, and yet it's legendary, which means you kind of don't want four. Yeah. Um, so it occupies an awkward space, and I like while Glorybringer is in the format and Phoenix is in the format, mm -hmm. it feels unlikely to compete with those. Though it is a dragon, so it can't be targeted by Glorybringer. It's true. Dessert. It's true. But um, it does trade poorly with Phoenix. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little bit skeptical right now. Uh, it is a mythic though, and right now I think it's going for like three or four dollars. So it might be worth picking up, especially if it falls a little bit farther, just because upon rotation, if we don't see other good dragons, like this might be the default choice for those kinds mm. of red, green, monstery, uh, dragony stompy. decks. Yeah. So something to keep in mind, something to keep in mind. Cool. Next up is Tashar, Ancestor's Apostle. This is white three for a two, two legendary bird cleric. Mm. I like my bird clerics legendary. Bird cleric. Yes. Um, this has flying, and whenever you cast a historic spell, uh, return target creature card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Now, do you think it should have been an historic? No. Okay. No. That's the thing that some people do, isn't it? Yes, and they do it wrong. Uh, like, his... Okay. <laughs> historic is pronounced historic. Our is pronounced 
hour. Therefore, it is a historic and an hour. So I feel very strongly about this and use it right. Use your, your ands and your a's correctly, guys. Just, just <laughs> throwing that out there. And uh, because we hasn't come up a lot, historic spells, we're talking about artifacts, legendaries, and sagas, right? So Wait, just, all artifacts, legendaries, and sagas? Yeah. So I think you're, uh, the last one I said legendary creatures. So it's actually just all legendaries. Everything that's legendary. Oh. Along with sagas and artifacts. Yep. All artifacts? That's weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I, I mean, I get, okay, so yeah, so conceptually, artifacts are like, artifacts from a past time, so they're historic. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's the idea. It's and like, legends. and especially the artifacts in Dominaria are going to be from like the Thrawn and the Brothers War and like all these old things that sure, are historic. Sure, sure. So. And legends, they're historic, yeah. they're going to make it into sagas. <laughs> so what do you think of this card? I don't know. I mean, I don't really think it's standard playable. Really? I, I do. Um, I think that, well, I think it depends. So I think there's a couple of cards in this set that have historic matters. Okay. And they're, they, a lot of them look like engines. Um, Mm -hmm. so we have this one, which is like return of three or less to the battlefield. We have, uh, a blue red legend, Jora, I believe, which is whenever you cast a historic spell, draw a card. Um, and it feels like if we have enough legends matters cards in Jeskai, you can play a... Syn- hi- like super synergistic uh historic deck like jeskai jeskai historians <laughs> um and it reminds me a little bit of like constellation where every card in your deck is historic and every card in your deck cares about casting historics the one thing that makes it a little tricky is that legendaries you can only yeah, have one of at a time say. But, again, if we can just have a critical mass of these engines and a critical mass of, like, reasonable artifacts and reasonable sagas that you could have multiples of, then I like it. Yeah. Um, So in standard, it's something that I'm watching very closely because I would love to play. I love that kind of strategy. Oh, yeah. It seems like a really cool strategy. It's just, like, even in that strategy, if you're assembling these engines, like, it's kind of, like, slow and depends on stuff sticking around because this is... I mean, maybe you're not playing this on turn four, but let's say you play it early as you can, turn four. The first time you can trigger it, turn five. It has to stick around for a turn. But it, like, but like, it doesn't matter because the the thing about these decks is that, like, in, you're right. Like individually, the cards they just die. Like they don't necessarily have ETBs, and then they die, and you're in trouble. But the issue is that if you have a critical mass of them, then every single one it's true for, and one of them will them stick. Yeah. And once one of them sticks and you cascade value, then like it, it's it's over. Like you you just go super. You play all of your stuff out. You have massive card advantage, even if they answer your board. You're way ahead on cards, um, and that's the key. You're right that like it's important. It doesn't trigger off itself. If it did, it would be significantly better. If it was an ETB. Uh, but it cares about casting historic spells, so that's, yeah. I guess, historic. Is a, you have to do a spell type and not a card type. But um, I, I I like it in that kind of deck. Um, additionally, in modern, um, I think it's too expensive. Uh, but in a deck like Crocklan Ironworks, which is interested in just um, cycling artifacts forever uh, with Crocklan Ironworks, and I don't play the deck, I haven't really played against the deck very much, uh, but this kind of card could enable a loop I suspect it's too expensive, uh, but it could easily be like you know, 
you sack something, then you cast an artifact, and you get to return Opal to the battlefield, then you sack Opal, and then you cast another artifact, and you return Opal, to the, and you just, like, loop Opal over and over again, or you loop whatever. Um, so, possibility, but I, I suspect the deck is already streamlined enough, and, like, this card is too expensive. Could be wrong. Who knows, yeah. but... I mean, it's an interesting idea to be able to loop artifacts or yep. something. Yep, bring back yeah. that It's incredibly powerful. Like, this, this is the Sun Titan ability, is, like, return a... Uh, a, well, a Sun Titan did permanent this as creature card, uh, but still, like, it's a very strong ability, getting a f basically a free three-mana creature with every spell that you cast, so long as, like, you can stock your graveyard reasonably. Sure. Very, very powerful effect. Interesting. Alright. Cool. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, obviously the stats are not great, but it does have flying, which it is, does. like, not a... Uh, it's it has non-zero value. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Though 2-2 two, two means by turn 4, it's pretty much outclassed by any other flyer that would be in the air. Maybe. Uh, it's just like there's not many... Like, our, our key flyers we have are Phoenix and Glorybringer, right? And that's about... Uh, I guess Thopters, and like, that's it? Am I missing Oh, sorry, anything? I was thinking I was thinking Limited. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like limited. Oh, and Limited, this card, I don't think is great. Um, I'm sorry, let me take that back. I forgot that, like... Every pack has a legend, and like you get a oh, legend promo. Oh yeah, there's promo. plenty like, of legends. Yeah, cards probably fine and limited. Also, there's artifacts and sagas. Like, there's yeah, you so probably many have ways, plenty to, ways to trigger it. Yeah. Our next card is Naban, Dean of Iteration. This is blue one for a two one legendary human wizard. If a wizard entering the entering the battlefield under your control causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Wow, I'm feeling triggered. Are you feeling uh, like Wizard Harmonicon? <sighs> Tell me more. So, Katie, <laughs> if we have a critical mass of wizards in the set, then you can run this alongside Panharmonicon, and then you have eight Panharmonicons in your deck. So, like, this card is begging to be abused in, like, a janky saffron olive brew, uh, which would be really fun. Um, other things to keep in mind is... Uh, that Reflector Mage is a wizard uh, in humans, and that this is a human wizard. Um, and I'm trying to think, does human have any other wizards? What, Metal Mage is a wizard, this? but it's not you an said ETB. Reflector Mage and... Uh, Naban, the card we're talking about, is okay. a wizard. Dark Confidant's a wizard, but like that doesn't have an ETB. Yeah, so I guess Reflector Mage is the only thing. Um, it just like stood out to me, I'm like, oh, it's a human, like maybe you could, you know, cheap human, two-mana human. But... Mm. Um, so yeah, you can like brew up some janky Panharmonicon deck with this if you want. Um, alternatively, if we see a Wizards Tribal deck, I don't know if we will, but we ha are seeing a couple of uh, spells that care about controlling a wizard. We're seeing a couple of creatures that do. If you have enough of them and their power level's high enough, uh, you could have like a Blue-Reds Wizards deck, and then like Naban is just a really good value creature that you probably end up playing. Cool. Yeah. Next up is Torgar, Famine Incarnate. Mm. Whoa. Uh, all right. Black, black, six. S expensive. All right. Very expensive. But yeah. we're going to find out. See if he Not lives as up to his own seems. hype. Okay. Seven, <coughs> six. Legendary Creature Avatar. As an additional cost, you just said not as expensive. Okay, as an additional cost, you may sacrifice any number of creatures. This spell costs two less for each creature sacrifice mm -hmm. this way oh so it could be as little as black black yep if you sack three creatures 
Yeah. Okay. Like those stupid zero one clerics that mm. you got from that. Oh, you don't want to sack those because then you make a six six <laughs> flyer trampler that deals yeah. you six every turn. All right. Anyway, this guy also doesn't have flying, which is a little unfortunate. But okay. Go on. Well, anyway, so when you get this for eight or fewer mana, um, Torgor Famine Incarnate enters the battlefield up to one target player. Up to one target player. Okay. This is life total becomes half their starting life total rounded down. So if they're at one, they die. Sure do. Oh, wait. No, sorry. Oh, rounded <laughs> down. <laughs> rounded right. down. There are initial life totals that becomes 10. So in, in constructed formats other than commander, their life total becomes 10. I guess if you have one of those weird cards that like, what is it? Uh, the seven card from Eldritch Moon or Shadows of Ritness Tribe, which made your life total 27. Um, then, like, your starting life total would go down to uh, higher than 10, which is cool. So this could bring them up if you had them at, like, 4. Well, up to one target. So you either increase your life total or you decrease their life total or you don't use it. Oh. Yeah. Um, the To me, it feels like this is your combo win with... Um, <gasps> Slimefoot, the stowaway, which whenever a sapling dies, drain one, and you oh, just sack your whole board. It's a free, sack yeah, because it doesn't. It says you can sack any number of creatures. You obviously can't reduce its cost. Be able to be on six, but sure. But you're still allowed to keep <clears throat> sacrificing. Yeah. You just sack your board, effect. drain them for like twenty, and uh, then they'll die while this is on the stack before it resolves. And um, yeah, so, that's cool. That's what Are I'm there imagining not easier be. ways to sacrifice creatures? For black, black? Okay, that's true. Yeah, no, it's it incru- is just yeah. black, black. That's the, the secret. The key is, like, you're paying two mana to just, like, kill them. That's, that's your combo That's fascinating. One. Yeah. Cool. So that's how I would want to use this card. I think in any other way, So this is, like, a way, green, black, sapperling deck with... Combo win. Combo win. Probably with the uh, Freya... <clears throat> Maybe Cryptolith, right? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It has to be, you need some mana engine to merit playing that card, but... Possibly. Cool. Next we have Squee the Immortal. Squee uh, is immortal. Uh, He can't die. It's a goblin. Wow, well Uh, said. Uh, He's shown up a couple of times. Okay, we know of Squee. Squee's a character. Um, I mean... He has a toy called Squee's Toy. Get it? Squeeze toy? Squeeze. Yeah. <gasps> oh, squeeze toy! Yeah. So, but also squeeze toy. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. So this is red, red one for a 2-1 legendary creature. It's a goblin. You may cast Squee the Immortal from your graveyard or from exile. Oh. Uh, so yeah. he just never dies. <clears throat> Correct. But he's also just a 2-1, so, so he you kind can, of sucks. Yeah. I mean, you can go like this. You could put this in food chain in what? vintage or legacy or whatever format that's in. And like you go infinite. But like you already have Eternal Scourge and you have... The other thing, uh, so you have like plenty of ways to do that already. Uh, in but this can be cast from graveyard or exile, yeah. But it, <laughs> yeah, uh, but like you said, it's a two one for three mana, it just dies to literally anything, yep. which means that like a strong wind, <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically, it's awkward because like you kind of would be like, oh, maybe I play this against control decks because it is like a better scrap heap scrounger but what's going to happen <laughs> with the current control deck is your opponent is going to exile it with scarab god and make a four four and then you're still going to cast it but it's going to be a two one and then you're going to lose <laughs> so it doesn't match up well against the current control decks it, it would be better against the old like um kind of creatureless creatureless builds but yeah scrap heap scrounger was sweet <clears throat> against those yeah playing tendrils was 
the yes, way to beat them. Yeah. Yes, it was. But the card is cool. I like the design. It is um, cool. And it's it's always fun to have these kinds of like bizarre effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. very nifty. Next we have Grun, the Lonely King. Poor, poor guy. Poor Grun. A poor, poor Grun. Uh, green, green four for a five, five ape legendary ape warrior mm. has kicker three. If Grun, the Lonely King, was kicked. I just, I, I also love the terminology. Like, if you kick if you this kick creature, him. you're like, I summon you, and then Kicked you him kick him. in the shun. Him. Yeah. The shin. In the shun. In the shun. It says he's grun. He has shuns instead of shun. shins. Um, yeah, so anyways, if they were kicked, uh, it enters the battlefield with five, count them, five plus one plus one counters on it. And whenever grun attacks alone, double its power and toughness. Mm-hmm. Man, it'd be nice to give it um, trample. I know. Definitely would. Or flying. Yeah. So, but I mean, six for a five five is not above curve or anything. This is like a pretty expensive stompy. Wait, Doesn't... wait, what format are we talking about? Limited or standard? Oh, I mean, in limited, I think it's excellent. Yeah, standard, unplayable. Limited, yeah, I think it's really good. Yeah. Because you play it on curve, and like, sure, it's a five five, but it attacks as a ten ten, and uh... yeah. Do you think it's worth waiting to get to seven to have a? 10 10 that becomes a no. 20 like honestly okay. like no like and they're basically the same card right like uh your opponent's gonna have to chump it no matter what um it's just like it gains extra utility if you top deck it and you happen In to no have the way. mana because then you get to play it as a 2020 which is cool um yeah. so uh i i think the card is is sweet and limited it's really nifty yeah, I mean, it's good. And if you can what do what you said, where you give it trample or flying. Oh, yeah. Highly value trample effects if you have yeah. this, because, yeah. I mean, gosh. Absolutely, absolutely. Next we have Evra, Halcyon, Halcyon. Witness. This is White White 4 for a 4-4 four, four legendary avatar. Has lifelink, and you can pay 4 to exchange your life total with Evra's power i i see i i'm really enjoying dominaria because so many of the cards have like these random effects that are just very strong and like are not prescriptive and how you should play them um yeah this card just gives you a ton of options like if you play this and swing and like you have a higher life total than your opponent and like they don't like they have to block it because then if they don't block they're dead huh okay so i have uh, my 4-4. Four, four. Yes. I'm at 16 life. Uh-huh. My opponent is at 4. All right, not, not 4. That's a bad example because it has 4 power. Okay. My opponent is at uh, actually really any life total, right? If they don't block, instant speed, I pay 4 mana, and all of a sudden I have 4 life, and this becomes a 16-16. And then oh, it has lifelink, and I go up to 20. So the next turn I flip it again, and it becomes a 20-20, and then I go up to 24. Oh, that's if really fascinating because, you know, I was I was forgetting that it had lifelink because I was like, okay, I exchange. Let's say I'm less than four life, so I'm at one, mm-hmm. and I exchange to go up to four. Then my only option is to exchange again and go down to one. Mm. Like, I didn't see this this growth pattern yeah. with the lifelink and the instant speed, like, watch out because I'm attacking yeah. hypothetically for up to whatever my life total's power is. There will definitely be uh, situations like what you said. Where, like, in very niche situations where you pay four to gain life. But I think, typically, this creature is, like, just incredible. Like, you're going to pay four life to make this enormous. 
Um, but it has, so a, careful, it has a that's though. what I'm saying. It has a super fun play pattern because <laughs> the upside is incredibly high because of the lifelink. Yeah. But the downside, if they kill it oh in instant gosh. speed, your you life total is so four. Screwed. Have fun. Like yeah. you're at four now. I feel like I would never want to activate this if you didn't have protection. Of if some I sort. didn't have protection, or if I didn't have yeah, like eight mana is protection, right? Because you can activate it in response to anything yeah. that they would do. I think this card really rewards you knowing the the format well, like the mm-hmm. limited format, knowing the tricks and stuff, so you know whether it's safe to do this. That is um, so fascinating. And maybe building in a little bit of protection for this kind of. I think the card is super That's really cool. Fun. I really like it. I would love to play it in limited. Um, huh. Yeah, not like not standard. Like maybe there's some weird combo where you can like. You know, pay for, exchange it, and then fling it, and like that works. We have fling and standard, but I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Next, we have the Umezawa I was talking about. We have Tetsuko Umezawa, Fugitive. This is blue one for a 1 3 legendary human rogue. Creatures you control with power or toughness, one or less, can't be blocked. Oh, fun. Yeah. So she, I think, is quite good um because it's power or toughness yeah and like that that's cool i like it yeah don't we have some four ones mm. i mean you can play this with like i mean, like goofy decks like uh isn't combat in an x1 yeah so you can't block combat celebrant sure uh but like it also means that like ball lightnings can't be blocked like the red you know, red, red for like six one trample <laughs> that like you sack end of turn. Um, it's just like a neat card. Uh, it's That's an really uncommon neat. two mana one three is a fine rate. Um, a couple people were thinking about like, oh, you maybe you could play this like an infect, and then like you pump after you don't blah. But like, I don't think the infect wants. Yeah, yeah. It. Um, but uh, it's like a neat card. I don't know. I don't. That's kind of that's really nifty. Yeah, I don't really see it seeing a ton of play. Uh, however, no. I could like imagine that if it ever did see play competitively it would be really annoying Um, on the plus side it dies super easily to every removal spell in the format Um, yes except for shock yeah it doesn't die to shock that's true they made it shock proof Uh, you can't shock tetsuko that's for sure um ain't scared of nothing yeah that's right except for lightning bolts and being pushed (laughs) and raids yeah um yeah, tokens as well, 1-1s, right? Vampires have X-1s. Uh, though, they, I guess vampires get big really fast. But tokens, yeah. servos and um, vampires, like... Yeah, that's just kind of cool. I, I always like when things can become unblockable. I know, like, from the other side, it's very annoying. But it's, like... I don't know, it's... It has like this card though. The way that it's designed has a lot of deck building constraints to make it good. Right, and then even then you can still get blown up by it by uh, this dying. Like if your opponent yeah. kills it. So again, there's another example. Or of a card they could that's put like, counters on your creatures. That would be super weird, but they could. Um, is like this is another example of a card which is just kind of thrown into the set. Like it doesn't necessarily synergize super well with other stuff. It's not prescriptive in telling you like. Oh, play this Dominaria block deck like we did in Ixalan and Amonkhet. Um, it's just like, see if you can find a deck to make this card good. So I, I, I enjoy cards like this. I think it's a good design. Yeah. And again, this is power or toughness, mm-hmm. not exclusive or. So it yeah. can be a 1-1. One, one. It doesn't have to be like a 1-3 or a 3-1. Yeah. I was just making, because or if it's like, 
it has to be oh my gosh i never would have thought to read it like or that or toughness that's one. your computer science side talking <laughs> i I, know, I would never have read the card like that but yeah yeah no it can be a one one <laughs> absolutely <laughs> hence the servos and uh and vampires yes all right uh next we have Ergaros. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of weird names in this. Yeah, Dominaria is a weird place. I think it's because they're legendaries, right? Like, and like legendary creatures are named, mm-hmm. right? Normally, we just have, but none of them are named Chuck. No, and and none of them are just called like Tassel Dromedary. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you choose as an example of a normal normal name to be Tassel Dromedary. I love Tassel Dromedary. Okay. Anyways, um, Ergaros, the Empty One, is Black Black 4 for a 4-3 Legendary Spectre. Ooh. Ooh. Has flying. Love it. Uh, when Ergaros, the Empty One, deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card at random. If the player can't, you draw a card. Mm. Alright, so either way, there's a one-card swing in card advantage yeah so i think this card is okay because it's a six mana four three flyer Um, i think its ability is not typically going to be great because in the late game your opponent is not going to have uh like anything a heavy hand and any like it's super easy for your opponent to manipulate this and be like oh i drew my 16th land i'll hold this so they don't draw a card um and then even if they do draw a card like your cards in the late game are like in, in limited generally are going to be low impact. Um, so it's a fine card. Um, I don't think it's it's great. I personally love Spectres. Uh, Spectres, the design of Spectres have always been flyers that when they deal damage cause a discard. My favorite was Night Vale Spectre, which exile oh. a card from their hand and then you can cast, or their library or something, you get to cast them. Um, but I, I always like the, spe- the design of Spectres, even though they're rarely playable and good. So I think it's a cool, cool. card. Cool card. Next, we have Valduk, Keeper of the Flame. This is Red 2 for a 3-2 Legendary Human Shaman. At the beginning of combat on your turn, for each aura and equipment attached to Valduk, Keeper of the Flame, create a 3-1 Red Elemental Creature Token with Trample and Haste. Exile those tokens at the beginning of the next end step. 3-1. Yeah, unblockable. Unblockable. But again, like this card is just like thrown into the set. There's not a, that way I've seen, a strong, strong aura, aura and equipment. equipment. It's just a it's cool so card. Random, yeah. I'm like happy to see this this kind of design. Um, the card's pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> pretty bad and limited. Probably pretty bad and standard, but like you can build a Saffron Olive deck around it. It's probably fun in Commander, I would assume. I don't know. It seems like very, very fine and limited because 3 for 3 2 is a fine rate for a creature. Yeah. And if you play literally any auras or equipments yeah then it's this true. immediately has some upside you get a i mean it's a very i think a very high upside yeah right? like i mean you're getting like chandra ticked up to make two of these for free right you are getting one of these for free simply by having an aura or equipment right um and so yeah i mean i think this is totally totally playable and limited yeah i would um, also you know prefer equipments to auras uh for yes. obvious reasons but Depending on what auras they have, sometimes they can get rid of the aura downside of getting two for one. But yeah, cool card. I'd like it. I like it. Next, we have a green dino, Katie. All right. Dean, green dino. It's your kind of your kind of card. Yeah. And <laughs> sometimes dinos are dumb. I like a lot of synergy stuff too. Okay. Well, what what what's this territorial allosaurus we have? Uh, yeah, it's a territorial allosaurus. 
and uh, green green two for a five five dino. This is not legendary. No, it's not. Oh, are we done with legendaries? Uh, I don't know. Well, we'll check in a sec. <laughs> okay. Um, kicker for green three. Green and... two. Okay. Uh... <laughs> kicker for green two. When territorial allosaur enters the battlefield, if it was kicked. <laughs> It fights. <laughs> it's like angry that you kicked it, so it fights another target creature. Yeah, and you kick it by shooting green mana at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's neat that it has backward synergy with Ixalan. How? Because it's a dinosaur. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because um, like, yeah. Yep. It's a four mana, five, five. Fantastic rate. Great. Unlimited. Love it. You're very happy to play this. Um, and in the late game, you know, it, like, that's the great thing about Kicker 2, is just, like, you always want mana sinks. Mana sinks are super helpful, particularly in Limited, and this is a great Kicker's a fantastic mana sink. So you get to play this on turn 20 and uh, kick it and kill a creature, and, like, it's great. In Standard, I am much more skeptical because 7, seven mana, mana for f- a 5-5 no. five five kill something, like... It's not happening. Yeah, like Noxious Gear Hulk is the closest comparison, and That's six it, mana. Right, it's okay. the closest comparison. And what I was gonna say is that it it's one less mana, and it doesn't see play. And it has menace, and it it saw a marginal amount of play in decks that can re- bring it back. Um, yeah, like we're yeah. talking about sure, comparing sure, sure. these as cards that you can cast. Actually, cast. Yes. Um. So like, was there no deck that played it? I could have sworn there was one. Uh, I think, like, you occasionally saw at the very beginning, like, the blue-black mid-range decks were like, let me try out one of these. There weren't, like, it was never played in, like, Oh, black-green delirium. Delirium. Because it was an artifact, so it cared about if it was in the graveyard, it counted. Okay, But, like, it was, like, just as as itself, a 5-4 ETB kill something and gain life, it didn't, it doesn't make the cut. So So maybe this makes the cut for a dino deck. No, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. Um, so our, how are we doing? Oh, we do have some more legends. Sweet, sweet. All right. So let's uh, finish. finish out the legends. Finish out the, the monocolored legends that we have so far. Uh, we have Quendi. Uh, I'm pro- I almost guarantee I'm saying that wrong. Quendi or Quend. Oh, it doesn't have the border. What? It doesn't have the border. Yeah, they didn't. I, the art hasn't been spoiled, so it was just oh, like oh. auto put into the card maker. Got it. So Quendi, Pride of... Femoreth. <laughs> I feel like I'm speaking nonsense. Uh, you are. It is white. Someone made it up. <laughs> it's fair. Uh, white three for a two-two legendary human knight. It has double strike, and it says creatures you control with first strike have double strike. Huh, that's cool. This, this goes this in uncommon? that mono white knights deck, except it's four mana for a two-two, so it's pretty expensive. But yeah. it goes in that mono white. Knight's deck. I don't think it does. I think the Knight's deck is like aggro low to the ground, and this is too expensive. Um, and it's like a first strike lord, and I don't know how many of the Knights have first strike. All of them. All of them. <laughs> All I actually think uh, this card, like, uh, I think it's fine and limited to four minutes, maybe. But, like, the problem with this, in my mind, is I think this has a have, like very high complexity for new players mm. because double strike is really confusing yeah. in how it works and if you combine first strike and double it doesn't say like they have double strike instead like they have both first strike and double strike so how does that work right like oh that's confusing i was for assuming new it was instead it's not 
They have both. They, they have, have first both. strike and double strike. Of okay. course, like double strike includes first strike. basically includes first, yeah so it's just like it's very confusing and a lot so of the way this works is essentially that the creature just has double, double strike. strike yeah which is why they don't do say instead but it means that like a lot of newer players are there gonna be a ton of questions about this particularly because it's uncommon and people will misplay this very frequently oh uh, see i i don't know if that's true because i think i would have just assumed creatures you control with first strike have double strike and just treated it as double strike but I don't think a new player will. Like, you're not a new player. I think if someone sees this, like, okay, my creature has first strike and double strike now. So now it has these two things. I get to do both. Triple strike. Uh, yeah, right? Like, you get to do sure. extra stuff somehow. Um, and I only say that because, like, it is established that double strike is already the most con- one of the most confusing mechanics. Yeah. And combining with first strike now is just like, well, what happens? Who knows? Sure. So if you don't know how something works, you should always call a judge. Because players judge. otherwise will misplay that. Even... Yeah, just call judges. Even if you feel like it's not a big deal or you just want to, like, trust your opponent, you know, judges are there to make sure the event runs smoothly, everyone's happy, everyone's feeling fairly treated, and, you know, like, they understand what's going on. It's not, like, offensive. Or, you know, if your opponent becomes offended because you call a judge, like, they're the one with a problem. Yeah, and just tell them, like, I have a question about how one of my cards works, so I'm going to call a judge. Right. Or um, I just want to confirm that what you've told me is right if you don't understand something yeah. that they're doing. I've even during, like, in, like obviously this isn't for so much as for new players. Like, new players should definitely do it too, but I think it comes up a little bit less at, like, pre-releases. Um, but, like, I was at a PBGQ where my opponent was playing very slowly, and um, I asked them to play a little more briskly, uh, and they, they, like, said, oh, yeah, like, you know, I just have tough turns and stuff, and they weren't playing any faster, so... Um, in between one of our games, I, I said, I have a question about one of my cards. And I went up and talked to the judge and was like, can you just watch my opponent for slow play? And the judge came back. And then without me saying anything, the judge was like, yeah, so that, that card works the way you think it does. And I was like, nice. nice. So the, the judges like recognize that like it's going to be, it might be awkward. And they'll, they're they're on your side. They're there to help you. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's just good like, people. I've definitely seen it for releases where people are, you know, having super minor like conflict with their opponent where they're like oh yeah 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 i think like you can resolve that or Mm -hmm. you can take that back or uh, yeah sure like i believe you that's how it works Mm -hmm. and it's so so easy to just call a judge like that is what they're there for and that's what they want to help you with so yeah just it it may feel scary but judges are super nice yeah that's our that's our judge plug (laughs) judge plug (laughs) (laughs) okay next card is slin voda the Rising Deep. This is blue, blue six for an eight, eight uh, legendary creature, Leviathan. Right on the curve. Mm, that's right. It has kicker blue one. Uh, when Slin Vota the Rising Deep enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, return all creatures to their owner's hands except for merfolk, krakens, <laughs> leviathans, octopuses, <laughs> and serpents. Okay, so sea creatures. Yes, yeah, exactly. So I mean, not crabs. But. And Mero's actually said that if historic goes well, they will consider batching other things. So like when we say batching, like just labeling a set of cards as something. Mm. So like you could batch these as sea creatures. That would be so fun. <laughs> yeah, but like there's an added thing where like you then have to remind your text, Murpho, crack and so on. Unless it's super obvious, right? You can sure, somehow sure, indicate sure. it on the card. Um, but you know these cards are cool. The blue gets these like giant bounce everything cards once in a while. I mean, this is ten mana to bounce everything. 
I do think like in limited, we don't know how fast the format's going to be as Min was yeah. saying the other day. If it's a little bit slower, card's great because you get to go cast this, bounce everything, and then you, and have, then an you have an 8-8. And like they can maybe deploy a couple things, but you have an 8-8. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. And you can just play it as an 8-8 as well. Yes. Which, you know, isn't the best. Like a vanilla 8-mana 8-8 is not great. But if you need something at the top of your curve, like, it's go fine. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, and it's rare for, well, not that rare. Blue has a couple big, like, just big creatures, right? It, it has, like, the serpents that are, like, five fives. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Just, like, chunky big creatures that are chunky. pretty much vanilla. Blue get the chunky, chunky big yeah, creatures. Yeah, well, you know, because mostly you think of, like, green as your top end if yeah. you want, like, a big chunky creature. But blue gets that sometimes, just sort of bad. Yeah, blue actually tends to get, like, uh, after green, the largest creatures uh, yeah. because of the sea monsters. Yeah, in the deep. <laughs> next we have whisper blood liturgist this is black three for a 2-2 legendary human cleric their name is whisper whisper okay you can sacrifice two creatures to return turkey creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield okay so you're trading yourself two for hopefully one way better yeah i think uh, it's pretty good like in limited it means that in the late really? game yeah, in the late game you get what? In the late game you get to sack the stupid bear that you drew alongside like another oh, vanilla you can thing. Oh, sack this because this sucks. It's not. It doesn't. <laughs> why is this bad? You're so hard on this card. This card is fine. Yeah. Like it. It. It's a great engine. It means that in the late game you get to sack, as I said, two stupid vanilla things for your bomb. Furthermore, if you have tokens. This is great. You get to sack two tokens to bring back whatever card you like—a real card. Um, I think that in the, uh, I think the card is good. Okay. Um, so you choose not to sack this because you want to repeat it. You can sack. Maybe you like you you are willing to like one shot it and like say oh, I don't have enough creatures worth sacking. Like I don't want to like use this as an engine. I just want to use it as a four mana return. Like trade one creature for another and like that's fine. You can do that. Um, but I, I I don't think the card is bad by by any stretch. I huh. I don't think it's great because a four mana two two is cool. is bad. Yeah. Um. Like uh, as far as like the vanilla test goes, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> um. But I just think like the upside in the late game is is relatively high. So I might play one. I might not, depending on if, how aggressive my deck is. But I might I might play one. All right. Next uh, legend here is a white one. It's Baird. Steward of Argive. Uh, it should have been Baird, Bard of Argive. <laughs> <laughs> Baird the Bard. So this is White White 2 for a 2-4 legendary human soldier. It has vigilance, and creatures can't attack you or planeswalker you control unless their controller pays one for each of those creatures. Should have been a knight. Oh, it would have been nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is like a mini ghostly prison on a creature. Yeah. I really like it. In limited, this is really strong. Mm-hmm. Like, it's an uncommon two. In four mana for a two four, like, you're clearly defensive, yep. has vigilance. Um, this is my kind of card. I would happily jam this in, in my deck. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uncommon. You're mm-hmm. going to see these. And um, it's always interesting, too. Like, I, it's obviously, like, a little weak to see play in, a like, a format like Modern, but I don't think it's out of the question because you have a very powerful effect stapled to a body. So it's always possible that this could show up somewhere, maybe. Just it's because fun. it can be found, like, 
more like you can get it off cord you can get it off like eldritch evolution like i'm not yeah. saying it's good i'm just saying that like maybe in the sideboard like maybe modern gets overrun by super go wide uh, decks and in the sideboard you bring this in and you can cord for it yeah. i don't know it's always just interesting when when you talk about effects stable onto a body because sometimes it's upside because you're mm-hmm. like oh you can cord for it and it adds to your board and sometimes it's downside because it's like they can kill this <laughs> it's really killable yep. and quote unquote it adds to your board but you're never going to attack with it because you yep. want to keep it alive so it's it's kind of a funny balance it there. is it is some yeah with which depending on the right. deck you play and the decks you're expecting to play uh-huh. against like which one you opt to to go for opt got that promo it's really pretty i gotta show you yeah and uh, i think our last monocolor legend is uh danitha capuchin paragon now this is a descendant of gerard who killed uh, defeated yogmoth gerard no not gerard (laughs) fabiano (laughs) gerard the uh, saga put a plus plus one counter on something gerard's victory what is it called gerard's uh triumph of gerard and I told oh, you, he's yeah. the one who like, putting killed... on the greatest power and the greatest power. Yeah, he killed he... Yogmoth. Oh yeah, he the was father of machines. Jerry, yeah, you should have said. Yeah, sure, Jerry. <laughs> uh, so Danitha Capuchin Paragon is white two for a two two legendary human knight. So Katie, you got your knight. Okay. First strike, vigilance, lifelink, aura, and equipment spells you cast cost one less to cast. I love the keyword soup here. I just I really kind of like keyword soup. It just makes me excited about cards. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of players do enjoy uh, multiple keywords. Um, and this you're seeing again aura equipment. Yeah. So yeah. maybe there's a white red aura equipment thing going somewhere that you can build in uh, in standard. You can get mm-hmm. like a little heroic style thing going. Make a bunch of three one elementals and blah blah blah. But uh, I mean, I think this card is pretty reasonable. Like three mana for a two two first strike. Vigilance Lifelink is a fine cost. Yeah, and, and limited, you, like just that is great. Oh yeah, yeah, itself. totally, totally. But I, I think it it has a chance in constructed if the aura equipment is well if there's a deck. If, yeah. Yeah. And like, it might not be in this set, might not be Dominaria. Right. Might be the next one. But like but regardless. Keep in mind. There could be uh some kind of deck. We have a we have SRAM too, right? SRAM reduces Oh, SRAM is still around. Does SRAM reduce auras and equipment? In vehicles, isn't it? Isn't SRAM the one that you draw a card whenever you cast an aura? Uh, yeah, but like it's another... Oh, does um, it, it's also a cost reducer? I don't know if it reduces cost, but it's like another lord like for that style <laughs> yeah. deck, right? Where like you could play these two cards together. Yeah, whenever you cast an aura equipment or vehicle, draw a card. So like you play these two cards alongside and now they cost less and you're drawing cards. Mm-hmm. So like... And you play it with the red one, and then you're getting free attackers every time. Yeah, like, it feels like you have a bit of an engine with these two cards assembled. And SRAM is legendary, so, like, Uh maybe that and that. Like, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but... cool... Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of cool, like, directions that you could maybe go. Yeah. Most of them feel really janky, but they're very cool. And that's fine. Like, I would would rather have standard be janky than have it be, like, everyone has to play teamer energy because we built this mechanic... (laughs) That interacts only with itself and is far and stronger is than best. everything else. So play it. Yeah. So this is like a welcome change uh, in my mind from everything else. So I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, oh, do you want it? Yeah, we I do have a legendary enchantment. How did I miss that? Uh, I don't think we have any other legendary creature. Yeah, oh, we have a couple of legendary enchantments. Okay, okay. I missed these. So let's oh do... Gosh. Are we going to skip multicolored or... What? 
We're not going to do multicolored tonight, no. Okay. We're going to do, uh, on this episode, we're just doing the monocolored stuff. So, so uh, we have a legendary enchantment, which is Lick's Mastery. Oh, I'm sorry. I always say that wrong. Lich's Mastery. It is black, black, oh, is black, okay. three. Legendary enchantment. I like this card. Hexproof. It has hexproof. Has hexproof. That's pretty rare in enchantments. Yeah. You can't lose the game. Yes. Whenever you gain life, draw that many cards. Okay. Whenever you lose life, for each one life you lost, exile a permanent you control or a card from your hand or graveyard. When Lick's Mastery leaves the battlefield, you lose the game. Ooh, so it's kind of like your life total becomes equal to the number of cards. permanents you control. Yeah. Well, cards, per it's cards. Like, cards in your hand, permanents on the battlefield, and cards in graveyard. Oh, that's a lot bigger than your life total. Yeah. Um, All those buckets together. But because it's... Nest, like you're required to do it a point of life doesn't matter but losing a permanent might well um, you can do your graveyard first yeah uh but i just think and like but then you need to have a stock graveyard right yeah but this card i'm such a Ugh. like first when i was in gds one of my designs was almost this card um like very close to it i didn't have it have hexproof and but i did have it like you can't lose the game and like whenever you uh i lose life like you mill, and then, like, you can eventually, you can sack stuff or discard cards from your hand. And, like, the same idea where, like, your life total becomes cards. Um, so uh, I, I love the design of it, and I think it's super, super fun to see what you can build and, like, what janky ways you can, like, put this on deck and just not lose. Like, because you're right, like, if you can just stack your graveyard... I mean, it's, like, your life total is, like... 40. Huge. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it, I mean, yeah. It like feels you, like this could be pretty broken if you can build the deck correctly. Um, but then, like, what you have to think about at the same time is, like, what you're really doing is you're, like, in a shell that is built to abuse this card, the highest upside is, like, you're saying you're paying black, black, black three for gain 40 life. Right, you Ish. still actually have to kill them. This doesn't actually help yeah. you win. You have to kill them, and like because you're like your permanents, you need permanents to kill them. Realistically, this is like black, black, black three gain thirty life. Yeah. Um, or not gain thirty. I'm sorry. Your life total becomes fifty. Let's say. Sure. Um, so is that worth it? Um, like, are you willing to pay six mana for that effect? And I, sometimes I might be. Like again, against mono red. I'd do that. I'd play this. Like It does also have the gain life, draw cards clause. Mm -hmm. If you're playing life gain tactics, this is a nice way to have sort of free card draw built in Absolutely. in the late game. Absolutely. It's a really interesting card. It's super cool. Uh, I, I Again, like this is another card. I look forward to seeing the what janky <laughs> Saffron Olive deck will emerge from it. But like it, it also feels like it yeah, could be like a the constructed thing i don't know like it's just yeah, neat know. like if you can find like if life gain becomes card draw like that's <sighs> so strong that's really you're powerful. gaining f what fourth or whatever you say gain your life total becomes 50 and then if you can like use life gain spells as card draw that's incredible uh because those two things are not costed the same um like life gain is costed much more aggressively than card draw because it's a much weaker effect so really cool a fun card yeah yeah very cool uh in limited would you play this 
Would you uh, play this for the the excitement and the lulls? I feel like it's probably worth it. In Because right, right. okay, well, I guess it might depend on the limited format, but. If it's like longer grindy games, this makes it awfully hard to kill you your early sacking or or you know getting rid of cards in your graveyard, mm. extra lands and oh, you bad know what? creatures. The other thing too I'm forgetting is like when you exile a permanent you control. Oh, it's not sack, it's exile. So like you can't sack and then exile from graveyard. So it really yeah. is like each card is one time use. Yeah. Second, Lick's Mastery doesn't have to be the last card you sack. Well, it does because when you when it leaves the battlefield, you lose. The oh game. yeah, yeah. Never no, mind. there's it a is clock. the last card. Yes. I knew there was a reason I was thinking yes. that. Yeah, it is the last card <laughs> once cool. you play it. So, card is dope. I'm I'm I think it's super fun. Really interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, we have another legendary enchantment, which is on Sarah's wings. Uh, Sarah was a, a planeswalker who built an artificial plane. Sarah Angel. Uh, well, Sarah Angel was one of Sarah's angels uh, yeah. from Sarah's realm, which is her little artificial white mana plane. Uh, it collapsed when oh. the weatherlight absorbed it into its power stone, I think. Mm. But then there's this confusing thing that happened where in Shadows over Innistrad, Tamio has these three scrolls that have like super powerful things stories in them and like tamio uses like story magic and she's like i can't open these three scrolls because if i do like too good and like you can it sounds like you change stuff and then emrakul like when emrakul like possesses tamio and like forces her to lock her in the moon um she opens one of the scrolls and emrakul rewrites it so we there's some theories that like this scroll contains the destruction of Sarah's realm, uh, and Emrakul rewrote this scroll to have Sarah's realm not collapse or to have something else happen, and that it might oh. have actually changed the past. So we're not sure, but cool. random cool story anecdote there. So on Sarah's wings is white three, legendary enchantment aura, enchant creature. Enchanted creature is legendary, gets plus one plus one, and has flying, vigilance, and lifelink. What do you think? Is this a good enough aura to play, despite the aura downside? Plus one, plus one, flying, vigilance, lifelink. All right. So can you explain to me how the legendary is going to impact it? Like, can you... You can't play another creature with the same name? Yeah. So, like, if I play Even though this... that creature isn't legendary. Oh. I... Th- yeah. Right? I... Th- Oh my god, I have to check because I don't know if the rule is like you cannot control two legendary creatures that have the same name. Or you can't or you can't control two creatures that have the same name if if one of them is legendary. legendary? Yeah. I don't know, that's a question. I'll have to check on that. Uh, because I can't figure out why this legendary matters because so far the legendary. Well it might matter for mechanics. Yeah, but the legendary engine so far cared about Well only ones that we've seen. Okay. Um, yeah, two or more legendary permanents with the same name. So it doesn't actually impact it. It just means that, like, oh, well, it doesn't matter because the enchantment itself is legendary, so you can't actually cast, have two of them anyways, but... Right. Yeah, I, so I guess, like... Okay, so it's not going to prevent you from casting more of whatever you put this right, on. Right, right. Cool. Glad good. we cleared that up. All right. So do you think it's good enough? Not really. Oh, I do. Really? This card is, like, like 
I, it depends a little bit on one plus one flying. It depends a little bit on the removal in the set, but this is like a better, far better Mark of the Vampire. And Mark of the Vampire saw play partially because the removal is so bad, but like Mark of the Vampire saw standard play. We're talking about limited. Oh, totally. I would play this in limited. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I was just like I am skeptical about this in standard. I would totally play this in limited. Yeah. No, I'm not playing this in in standard. Okay. I was I was like surprised. Yeah. Not so much. Uh, Though, I might take that back. Play there's it in a, nice. There's a there's okay. a chance that like in the auras deck the where auras are yeah. cheaper. Standard blue white like bogles where like you have uh SRAM already to draw cards and maybe you're running this new cost reducer and you play it on like a hex proof guy. Um, and it's legendary, maybe you have a uh if you have some legendaries matters things. I don't think you can afford to in this hypothetical Bogles deck. Oh no. I think I mean, you're just a Bogles like, deck. Okay. Not a legend. But I was like, if it's a historics matter because historic would count like your artifacts if you're running equipments, it would mm-hmm. count this, it's a legendary or a I don't know. But like I don't the deck doesn't I think I think the historian deck, the Jessica mm-hmm. historian deck and the blue white Bogles deck are two separate decks because Bogles doesn't run equipment. I don't think it runs like all auras. So I feel like you just want the aura, the SRAM, um, Capuchin, uh, like card draw, cost reduction, Bogles, engine. Got it. In one deck and uh, the other deck uses history stuff. So uh, in that deck, I, I think you could maybe play this. I don't know. Play it on a Slippery Scoundrel. Mm. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Um, did you see any other legendary creatures, Katie? Or legendary uh, enchantments. Oh, we do have a legendary enchantment. Oh, this is a. Uh, this is. I think this might be one of the story cards of the set. Actually, this is in Bolus's clutches. Blue, blue, four. Legendary enchantment aura. Enchant permanent. You control enchanted permanent. Enchanted permanent is legendary. Thoughts. I don't get it. <laughs> what do you mean? You're paying six mana to make something legendary. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> I don't. I just don't get mean? it. <laughs> you control enchanted permanent. Oh, you take it. <laughs> <laughs> the flavor is like in bowls. Is like bolus flies down, grabs something. It's like yo, You're you legend, now. son, and then flies away. <laughs> okay. Okay, oh, yeah, the great. second sentence there is really key. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, it's cool, too, because, like, Bolas is going to be in Dominaria as well. So we still have this continuity arc in the story with yeah. uh, Bolas coming here. But Yeah, six mana, take something. Yeah, totally. You better be taking something worthwhile, but... Yeah. In limited, I like, would take slam dunk. I'm happy oh, to yeah. play, play one to two of these in limited, depending on my deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to take whatever their best card is, whether it's a creature, planeswalker, an aura... An equipment, even a basic planes, whatever their best card is, it's yours. It's yours. <laughs> so I'm a big fan. Uh, I think these like super mind control effects you are. You could take their saga, great. which is like going to chapter three or something. It's true. You can take sagas, and um, that could allow you to do really strong things if you're the one who controls the later chapters. Yeah, uh, they've like waited three turns, and you're like, sweet, mine now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, you did pay so six sweet. mana for it, but. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And it's like, its counters wouldn't reset or anything, but it just wouldn't trigger until your next... Next upkeep. Or ne- ne- upkeep. Draw, next draw. End of draw step. Beginning of main phase. Yeah. That, <laughs> that time of magic. Yes, yes. So that's it. 
those are the monocar legends that we've seen um, in Dominaria so far. So thank you so much for joining. Kitty, what, what are your thoughts on set so far? I know we're early. I know it's early. There's what do you think? so many legendaries. It's like... Yeah. They had him do a ton and uh, guarantee a legend per pack as well to get the as-fan rate. Like yeah. Like the ratio. I mean, yeah. So I'm really curious about how play will be. I, I mean, some of these were uncommon. It's worth picking up like two uncommon legendaries because that's not going to be a huge problem. But um, I mean, you do have to be a little careful playing legendaries mm. because, you know, if you have two, <laughs> the second one is not so good. And what do you what do you think so far? I know we've only looked at like monocolored stuff, and there's actually a lot of cool multicolored artifacts that we'll get to. But in terms of this set and the design of the set, how do you think? What are your initial impressions of it as compared to your initial impressions of Kaladesh, Amonkhet, Ixalan? Well, with like with Ixalan. I really wanted to play a good tribal deck, mm-hmm. and uh, vampires and merfolk didn't quite get there. Yeah, and dinosaurs didn't quite get there. None so of them. So that was did. like a little disappointing. But like, we're, you were, were like you're evaluating after though. Remember when you were looking at the set originally? Mm. Like we want. I want to compare your first impressions of this set compared to your first impressions of the others. I don't know. <laughs> What what are yours? You seem to oh I, that yeah I I think um, when I was looking at Ixalan, I don't know if you remember I kept making fun of the tribes, particularly Merfolk, because they were unplayable, which was depressing because that was the whole set was the tribes, and I'm like your key gimmick of the not gimmick but your key yeah. thing you're doing this set is not c- competitive, and then in Amonkhet it was overshadowed like all, everything we've been doing has been overshadowed by energy. Right, right it was overshadowed by like and, some deck that was dominant. And Kaladesh was, I did have a good first impression of. I thought the designs looked super cool and were really fun and interesting. But then the second block was overshadowed by Aetherworks Marvel. Well, it was, I think it was overshadowed by, uh, was it Marvel? Yeah, it was Marvel, right? Marvel Emrakul at that point, uh-huh. before Marvel Wilmog happened. And, Marvel, and then Energy. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, so... Well, I think, I think that sort of speaks to the state of standard, like that we don't have a super single dominant deck that it feels well, like. Well, that, yeah, but, like, regardless of standard, mm-hmm. Ixalan, we, we, in a vacuum, I was like, my impression was that these cards are weak, not very interesting, because it's highly prescriptive in what you are supposed to be doing. Oh, and see, I don't mind that as much. I, I do when it's prescriptive to the point that, like, I mean, there's a reason this this limited format is like widely hated, mm. is because there are like four op five four to f- six options for you when you draft, and that's it. Um, and like that extends to constructed formats, where like here are your cards. We have built these four decks for you. Play them, please. Uh, Amonkhet. <laughs> Amonkhet did almost uh, wasn't much better. Um, it, its cards were kind of weak. Uh, it had a couple help zombies stand out but that was eldritch moon right like it had one card of it but like yeah. eldritch moon it was the zombie deck yeah primarily. Um, and and kaladesh was the last set that i was like whoa there's so many cool cards individually you can build a lot of cool decks around these a lot of them are powerful but not just like blatantly powerful like 
oh, look, the Scarab God, we should play that because it's way better than everything else. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is powerful in this shell. This is conditionally powerful in this shell. Mm-hmm. And I much prefer seeing cards that are conditionally powerful than seeing cards that are absolutely powerful. Yeah. And in my mind, Dominaria is delivering on that. <clears throat> um, I think Dominaria looks great so far. The cards are super cool. They're very unique. They have cool design space. The flavor is um, really the cool. The flavor is fantastic. Uh, I, I like pretty much everything. The art is great. Everything yeah. Dominaria is doing, I am They really of. pushed a lot of like creative boundaries and I think been successful yeah. with them. Um, and I'm like a little biased because I, I, as opposed to like Have a little new bit players. of the nostalgia factor there. Absolutely. Because like the, when I first started playing Magic... Um, we were just getting out of the Dominaria era. And, like, because I started playing right around, like, Kamigawa Meriden. So, like, right before that was when, like, Onslaught, and we were, like, in Dominaria. Uh, And, like, Dominaria was still the plane of magic. So it's really cool to come back and have them deliver on it. And, like, this is extra good because it's in contrast to, like, Iconic Masters and Masters 25, which, like, were disappointments. Um, So... I'm excited. It's been a like a pretty, I think, frustrating, disappointing year for Magic, and I think Dominaria is a really good turning point, and uh, hopefully Wizards can can keep doing what they're doing. So I think Dominaria looks great, and I'm excited to continue reviewing it and uh, play it in two weeks. Yeah, it's soon. It's soon? Come it's on, exciting. pre-release. All right. Register at your local store. That's right. For example, one of our sponsors, NEC Coolidge. <laughs> or if you're in New York, Flipside Gaming. There you go. Uh, so again, thanks to our sponsors, uh, New England Comics, you can check out on Facebook at NEC Coolidge, and Flipside Gaming, you can find online at FlipsideGaming.com. Or in person in New York. That's true. Somewhere. I, or in person in Boston if you're at NEC. Um, and with that, I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. And this is Spoiler, Spoiler Season. Season.